Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash CNN for a $1 per month trial. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. Here's what you need to know in politics for Tuesday, March 15th. This is the CNN political briefing. COVID-19 is not done with the United States just yet. That is the growing concern among some health officials and clearly some people inside the Biden administration. The COVID picture in Europe is not only giving pause to some American health experts who are watching it, but there's actual growing concern about what they're seeing. You have to remember, if you look over the course of the virus, what happens in the UK and Europe tends to be a bit of a precursor of what we see here in the United States. And right now, the UK is seeing cases and hospitalizations climb again. Infections are up 48% last week compared with the week before. So that's a significant change. Here's one important note. While hospitalizations usually lag behind cases by about 10 days to two weeks, that's not happening this time. UK cases and hospitalizations seem to be rising together. And Dr. Anthony Fauci told CNN that he's been speaking with his UK counterparts. And here are the three factors that they're thinking are contributing to this rise that they're seeing. One, it's a rise in cases from a far more transmissible variant called BA2. This is a subvariant of Omicron, and it is far more transmissible than the original Omicron that we saw sort of sweep across the United States. The United Kingdom's reopening, kind of like what we're seeing here in the U.S. in terms of indoor mask mandates being dropped, people letting down their guard a bit, and immunity from COVID vaccines, boosters, and previous infections have waned. So those three factors seem to be what's contributing to the rise in the U.K., and all of those factors are at play here in the United States as well. In fact, New CDC data show that the BA2 subvariant of Omicron caused an estimated 23% of new COVID-19 infections in the U.S. last week. That's up from 14% of infections the week before. And that fact is front and center as the White House is arguing for more emergency supplemental funding for combating COVID-19. Now, you may recall we discussed it on this podcast, the Democrats had to excise the COVID money from their big overall omnibus spending package that they passed to fund the government because they couldn't get agreement among themselves, among House Democrats, in the way in which that would be paid for to get it passed through the House. Now, Republicans had been demanding, if you're going to get any of their support, and Democrats need at least 10 Republicans to come on board in the Senate for more COVID-19 funding, you are going to need to find a way to pay for it. They're not interested in emergency supplemental, meaning you approve the money to be spent without worrying how it gets paid for. It just sort of gets added to the deficit. By the way, that's precisely what the White House is calling for. Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary today, made clear they are looking for this to be emergency money and not worry about the offsets. It's because those offsets are what tripped up Democrats getting this done in the House. Whether or not a standalone COVID emergency supplemental can actually get through Congress remains to be seen. But the White House is starting to make an aggressive push explaining why it's needed. 
Here's White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki today from the podium in the briefing room. Today, we've outlined the severe and immediate consequences that the United States will face if Congress fails to provide us with $22.5 billion in emergency funding to fight COVID-19. Those consequences are dire. Fewer monoclonal antibodies sent to states and inability to purchase additional treatments, fewer tests available to Americans, less surveillance for future variants, and a risk of running short on vaccines. You're starting to see across the country a sense of being able to return to some kind of pre-COVID world, if not an entirely pre-COVID world, one in which our society is learning to live, work, function in a somewhat normal way with this virus still in existence. So you're seeing workplaces bringing employees back to work. Hawaii was the last to announce that its mask mandate is going to expire March 25th. So you're seeing all 50 states drop mask mandates. You are seeing people beginning to emerge and convene again. And yet what you see going on in Europe and the UK, what you see going on in Hong Kong raises the question, which is, you know, are we dropping our guard too early here? Is this more transmissible variant going to spread like wildfire here? And again, if you are boosted, fully vaccinated or previously infected, you might have a better shot at protection, obviously, than those that don't have that kind of immunity. But experts say even for the boosted, if you haven't been previously infected, you may be more likely to get this next variant of Omicron that is coming through. You're not likely to end up in the hospital. You're not likely to die from it. That is critical and key to understand. This is something that we might just have to learn to live with. One final note about these restrictions. You may recall that the administration extended the federal public transportation mask mandate for another 30 days. So that now expires April 18th. So if you're riding public transit or you're flying on a plane, you're still required to wear a mask. Well, today in the United States Senate, Rand Paul, the Republican of Kentucky, is once again putting forth a bill for folks to vote on that would repeal this transportation mask mandate. Now, it's unlikely to make it through Congress, but a key measure to watch for is how many Democrats get on board with Rand Paul? Do all of his Republican colleagues get on board? And is it a growing number than we've seen before? Because this whole notion that COVID may be receding. But the reality of what we're watching happen across the ocean is that COVID may not yet be fully receding. And the expectation is the case numbers that we see at a low right now, they're expected to rise. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow.